Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest of Welcome back, boils and ghouls, ladies and germs. It's Wednesday. It's 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So you know what that means. No, it's not your next time for a bowel movement. It's Talking Terror, everybody. Welcome back. Hope you've had a good week so far. I know I have. I am your old pal, King Har Andy G, welcoming you back to this episode where we welcome back the Mad Monkey himself, where he brought a pick with him. So later on in the show, we're going to be talking about The Ruins from 2008, directed by Carter Smith. We're going to see if we could do a deep dive into some ancient temples with some carnivorous vines. But before that, I am joined by the bold, the beautiful, the ghoul geek, Keith. How are you chipper today? What is up, everybody? What is up, indeed? Straight out the gate. Just excited to have a new episode. Excited to have the monkey back. Talking with my compatriots of horror, as always. And speaking of that mad monkey... He's been banging on his cell. He's out of tapioca pudding cups, so he better let him go. Monkey. <laughs> hey there, my fans. It's your furry little co-host, the Mad Monkey. I had to take a week off for religious reasons. Baby sacrifices on Halloween. No, I'm Hail kidding. Satan. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. No, but I'm back, faithful listeners. Happy to be joining my ever so charming co-host and co- cohorts of the Talking Terror crew. Good evening, you charming little cheddar goblins of the airwaves. She's <laughs> celebrating Kwanzaa again. Is it yeah. Kwanzaa already? Jeez, where did time go? Monkey, Man, don't you, you have to remind me? Don't, don't you know? Come November first, all the Kwanzaa decorations go up just just all over the stores. Didn't you see it this past weekend? There, you know what? The I missed it. All the Kwanzaa stuff was up. All, all the Kwanzaa sales were going on. They were playing Kwanzaa music in every store. Like, you know, seriously, they need to wait till after Thanksgiving to put out all the Kwanzaa stuff. You know, I check it out. That classic Merry Kwanzaa. You know, I'm glad to hear that back in the airwaves. I've missed that song. It's been too long. I think we need to bring it back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Just me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, uh, Ghoul, how have you been since last we spoke for our uh, annual Halloween episode, talking about the Gala? Uh, I've been grand, man. I've, uh, you know, been working like normal and watching. What I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I can't even fucking tell you what I've watched in the last week. I can't even think of it at the moment. I, you know, I, I know I watched, obviously, this week's movie. Um, I, I got the Meg in there somewhere. I know I went mm-hmm. to see Venom at some Me point. Um, I don't know if that was before or after the show. <laughs> it was after <laughs> after last week's show. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, you know, it was nice. It was a, it was a completely empty theater, so it was just me. And uh, okay, just 
just sitting in there, you know, feeling like I am the fucking king of the world and I'm wealthy. I should have snapped a bunch of selfies or some shit. But then again, at the same time, I would have felt pretty pathetic, um, you know, sitting there in the theater all all by my lonesome. But then it got me thinking of like, you know, the the, the fact is, you got to think about all these movie theaters that are that are all out there, and every day, you know, they are playing movies that. Sometimes there's just nobody there watching them. So you have these empty theaters yeah. everywhere that are just, you know, rolling film, rolling film. You know, I, I had to, it's made me start wondering as I sat there watching Venom, um, just goes to show you how enthralling I found the movie Venom, as I started to consider that, you know, how many ghosts are there in theaters, you know, and are they enjoying these films? <laughs> they think these are total pieces of shit. <laughs> That's a great question. Yeah, that's a that's a good thing. I've always wondered that too, because you know you go to a, a movie, and um, one of the things I always liked is going to an empty theater because you feel like you're a rich guy. Got my own personal theater, got my own seat, gonna sit here. I can make fun of the movie if I don't like it. Whatever, fuck it. But I wonder if they even play the movie. If there's nobody in the theater. It's like fuck it, no tickets, so we're not even gonna bother to run the film. Or if they fucking run it to an empty theater. Like I would love to see if that's what they do. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I gotta assume it is. I mean, I didn't buy my tickets ahead of time or anything. I just went to the theater in Howell and bought my ticket. And by the time I was walking in, the movie was already starting. Um, you know, they were already running through their previews and all that shit. So, so yeah, they they just run them to an empty house. And uh, you know, like I said, it just started making me wonder about uh about about spooks in in the theaters at that point. You know, it's kind of like the whole you know that that whole joke that goes around that like every time you yawn, you know, a ghost sticks his peck in your mouth. I've heard that. Yeah. <laughs> Makes you not want to yawn anymore once you hear that once or twice. Mm. Mm. <laughs> but so I think, of, uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, I just I just wanted to jump in and ask the ghoul. So did you not find find Venom a thrilling movie then? You know, the surprising thing that I found about Venom is that I you know, the things that I thought that I was going to dislike about the movie, um, specifically Tom Hardy and uh, and his particular Eddie Brock portrayal, um, considering so much of the film consists of him without the symbiote, mm-hmm. uh, I found him to actually be the better part of the movie. Um, mm. I just felt like it took too long for... The, uh, the the symbiosis to take place, um, and then there were just there were there were things that just seemed to have been missing from the movie, um, like mm. reasons for things at times. I, I don't want to ruin it because I know the king hasn't seen it yet, but um, but yeah, I just I I know that Hardy in an interview had spoken about I don't know something like forty minutes have been cut yeah. out of the film. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that when you know it comes out on digital or, or Blu-ray or, or whatever, you know that they'll uh, they'll have those put back in there, and uh, you know it should at least fill in the gaps that I felt were were definitely like glaring in the movie. Did it feel uh, like a PG-13 okay. movie? I mean, was that because I know it was rated PG-13? Yeah, yeah. I mean, easily. You know, I mean, did it also feel like it could be a film that could have been R-rated and they, they kept certain things in place? Then, yeah. But mm-hmm. that, seriously, like, it didn't bother me whether it was going to be R or PG-13 or anything like that. I mean, my my issues really had more to do with the fact that it just felt like there were just empty 
holes in the story itself, like things that should that that should have made sense that that didn't, and so forth. So, mm-hmm. and, wh- and well, why they didn't connect it to the movie Life, I don't know. That must have been some kind of contractual thing. Uh, they had to have been thinking about fucking kids. The, the way this all starts literally is a ship coming down from outer fucking space, burning into the atmosphere, just like life ended. And as the ship is busting in, you see clearly on the top of the ship, it says life, which is the name (laughs) of the company that is involved with this, this movie. So. Yeah. It's a a bizarre thing. I remember we talked about their, their text and I thought that, yeah, that would be a great connection to have life be connected to the Venom universe, especially because Venom as of right now, I mean, I didn't see the movie, obviously. It's not connected to Spider-Man in any way. I don't know if they made any references to Spider-Man that you could talk about that's not spoiler-related. Nope. Okay, well, there you go. No, nothing. No, they made so sure to keep go. that all out, and they went with his uh, ultimate comics uh, origin type where, you know, they just they came from space. Okay. So that does make sense. Okay. Well, that's good. At least they didn't talk about Peter Parker. You know, I thought that would have been like, all right, well, you know, now you're talking about Peter Parker, so now you're trying to tie it into that universe. But uh, um, what I was going to say before we start talking about Venom is that, uh, Ghoul, I believe you did have a little bit of horror news uh, to bring to the table. I know it's something that you don't always do, but you did have a little tidbit you wanted to talk about. Oh, I know, man. It's crazy. Well, no, I, uh, we were talking earlier about uh, the Penny Dreadful series that, uh, you know, that I know we both enjoyed very much so. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, they're talking about bringing it back. It's going to be a sequel to the series. Uh, they're talking setting it in Los Angeles, and it's going to be, you know, like 1938 or something like that. Um, unfortunately, one of the things that do also come with that setting and time frame, they, uh, I guess at this point, it's kind of hinting that we're not going to get that cast back. So we're going to be looking at okay. an all-new cast. I know that you had said one of the things you enjoyed about that original series was the cast that they had. I did. Um, but yeah, I guess it would make sense because, you know, the original, you know, cast in the particular time, they probably wouldn't be around in 1938, especially because they're taking it to a different setting too of, of uh, Los Angeles. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm interested. I mean, I definitely want to hear more Hello, about Dor- what they're going to do. Dorian <laughs> Gray is going to live forever. Um, of course. Vampires are going to live forever. Frankenstein's monster is going to live forever. I mean, really, the only ones that wouldn't exist as far as, you know, lifespans go, I mean, would say would probably be uh, Dalton's character. Yeah, I would definitely think that he wouldn't be a part of that cast. Um, but that's what I uh, we had talked about. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I know that I heard that announcement as well. So I kind of want to see where they go with it. Uh, but Monkey... I wanted to see if you had anything to talk about hard news related because I do want to bring up the Walking Dead, uh, Rick Grimes' final episode that the Google and I both watched. I know, Monkey, you're not a big fan of the Walking Dead anymore, but I wanted to see if you had anything to talk about before I kind of go into that little bit. No, but uh, just uh, if you can, I, I'd like us to leave room because I would like you to talk about the whole lawsuit with Satanic Temple and Child's Play, you know, for when we can go back into those. The the lawsuit? I'm sorry, <laughs> you lost me there. The the the, the, the satanic temple law, lawsuit that was going on about Sabrina. We talked about that last week, sir. Oh, never mind. Then moving on. <laughs> we did talk about that last week, uh, so we won't be covering that this week. If you want to hear my thoughts on that, check last week's episode, Sleepy Hollow. <clears throat> my thoughts are there. So 
the Ghoul and I uh, are fans of The Walking Dead, and we do watch it. And they touted last Sunday's episode as the final episode of Andrew Lincoln's character, Rick Grimes. Uh, tensions were high as far as whether or not he was going to die. I'm Rick Grimes, bitch. Yep. Uh, so, um, you know, my th- I'll give my thoughts real quick because I want to hear the ghouls, but I was disappointed by the episode. I, there was some things that worked, some things that didn't. Um, I know that they brought back John Barenthal as Shane Walsh in some flashbacks, and they brought back Scott Wilson as Herschel and the actress who played Sasha. Um, I liked seeing Scott Wilson back, and the only reason I got misty-eyed is because he unfortunately passed away. So it kind of added a little bit more of a weight to that character returning because he's no longer with us, unfortunately. Um, but to me, it was a disappointment. I felt like it was a cheat in a way to do what they did uh, with the final farewell of Rick Grimes on The Walking Dead, especially with the news of AMC. They're going to create, I believe, three standalone Rick Grimes movies that are going to premiere on AMC as part of AMC's original movie line. Uh, so, Ghoul, what did you think? I mean, like I said, I was disappointed. I felt cheated in a lot of ways. Oh. I mean, you know, like, look, they touted that this was going to be the end of Rick Grimes on the show, and there it was. I mean, we, we got the end of Rick Grimes on the show, man. Uh, you know, if if you didn't see it, I'll give you all of about, I don't know, 10 seconds or so. And then I'm going to just fucking spoil it outright, okay? So if you didn't watch, then, then just, you know, tune out for a couple of, a couple of minutes here and then come back and uh, we'll, we'll get to something else. So uh, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, and a 1. Uh, no, they, they decided to not terminate the character. Um, and therefore leaving the door open for them to not only make these three movies that they're, they're talking about, but to also possibly bring him back, you know, which is what will end up happening if the ratings don't go where they want them to. Um, you know, when I first watched it, I was kind of like, you know, I, I still feel uh, about the decision to do it. But what I did end up finding myself liking is the fact that what – how many people are going to be pissed off about this ending? You know, how many people did they just make mad? You know, and that kind of put a smile on my face, similar to how, like, The Last Jedi pissed off all these Star Wars fans and got everybody all up in arms. Like, I might not have loved The Last Jedi, but the fact that so many people just hated it made me like it even more. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm becoming an asshole in my old age. Or, you know what, I've probably always been an asshole, and I'm just fucking existing right nowadays. Embrace the yeah, and it's true, man. I'm just a dick. Um but regardless of my dickiness, uh yeah, I mean overall though I think the episode was a it was a decent episode, you know, it it, it did things. People got moved into places. Um I thought that the uh bringing back Shane obviously made a ton of sense. Bringing yeah. back Herschel made a ton of sense. And then there's Sasha. Yeah. And it's like, why? Um, she really didn't have much to do with Rick other than, you know, just like limited interaction, no more than any of the other ancillary characters. Um, you're telling me they obviously could not get back Coral or Lori. Um, I did find that there's that scene where he's standing amongst all the dead bodies, 
Mm-hmm. And the camera kind of pans over, and I don't know, like, maybe it was just me thinking of what I was seeing, or maybe it's just what they did, but it looked like the two that they kind of held the shot on for, like, a, like blink and you miss it type of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, both looked like his son and his wife, both of whom you would expect to be there in the afterlife if that is where you're going, considering you just kind of met your fucking best frenemy type of deal and you met your mm-hmm. big, you know, the, the, the big guy that inspired you to, to become the man that you became. Um, but I guess they couldn't work terms out with those people and that's a shame because, you know, sometimes you just wish that egos would be put aside to craft the story properly yeah. and to deliver things well. Um, so, I mean, that that's kind of that on that for me anyway. Well, what I did find bold, and I don't know if you liked it or not, was the fact that we already had one time jump this season uh, from a year and a half time jump of, of Negan being put in the cell and everybody kind of going back to a simpler way of life. Uh, the end of the episode, they jump six years into the future. So now you have Judith at age 10 toting around uh, Rick's gun and wearing the hat and you know, saving these people from a walker attack. I liked it. I honestly thought that was a great way to cap off that episode to kind of jump us into the future yet again, but still I thought it was entertaining to kind of see where we're going six years into the future with a Rick Grimeless uh, walking dead universe. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's also necessary. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously you can't, I, they, uh, they could, but I think it's easier for them to, do this jump and just allow us as the fan base to accept the fact that the group has moved on and they've obviously existed and survived things and did what they've done in Rick's absence, as opposed to having to watch the tediousness of what the group does in Rick Grimes's absence. Um, Mm -hmm. So I, I don't mind that. I mean, obviously, I'm gonna. I'm wondering where Negan's at at this point. Uh, I mean, really, he could only be in one of, you know, I guess one of four spots. I mean, yeah. he could be dead. He could still be in jail. He could be working with them, or he could have mm-hmm. escaped and is, you know, plotting or working against them. I, for one, do not believe Negan's whole. I am broken because you've imprisoned me for a year and a half routine at all that he put in front of Maggie, man. Um, Considering that the week prior, you know, you got Negan talking about how, you know, Rick's not saving the world. You're just getting it ready for me. Um, Right. So how you go from that to him being, you know, a, a weepy, whiny, don't hurt me, kill me, please. I can't be locked up. That's Negan doing what Negan does, which is survive. And that's, you know, that that's a Merle move. Like, that that's what I love about the Negan character. And that's why I mm-hmm. want to see more of fucking Negan, man. Because, you know, the, yeah, the, I hope they're bringing him back. I hope he's doing stuff. Good stuff, well, bad stuff. And everything in between. Yeah, the previews definitely showed him. Um, but, yeah, that was what I was going to ask you, too. is Because I like that, that interaction that he had with Maggie. Because uh, at one point, you kind of want to believe him, that he's been locked up for over a year and a half. He doesn't have any followers, really. He doesn't have Lucille. 
that he misses desperately. Um, you know, so you kind of wonder, is this the actions of a desperate man, or is this a guy who has a plot? You know, something going on behind the scenes where he's going to act like he's a victim and cry and, and be kind of, you know, kill me now. I want to go back to my wife and I want to die. You know, it, 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 to me, it seems like he would have to have a plan. Like, it wouldn't just be Negan giving up. He doesn't seem like a character yeah. that would give up very easily. Nope. Nope. I, like I no. said, I, I didn't buy it for a minute. He's, uh, now nah, he's too, too conniving, too scheming. There's just way too many, uh, variables involved with with that and yeah he's just he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who really could give two shits about mm-hmm. that including you know his his now dead wife right you know he he's yeah. existing the best thing about Negan is he's capable of existing in the world as it is he's not interested in bringing the world back to what it was and I think mm-hmm. that's the dynamic of that character that makes him so fascinating because as much as, you know, you know, maybe there's there's that group of us that watch the show and we're like, oh, well, you know, good. They're trying to, to bring back government and they're trying to bring this back and they're trying to do things like the world used to be. And then there's those of us who look at the show and we say, you know what? You fucking live in a world in which the undead are roaming around and people right. can fuck you over in an instant, which is going to lead to you and possibly many others dying. I got no problem if you fucking, you know, you put a bullet in somebody's head without really asking questions. You have to. And that's why, you know, I, I love the, the villains on the show, and I've always kind of sided with them in a way. I mean, I love the governor. To me, uh, David Morrissey as that character was the high point of the show. I still feel like Negan has a lot to give. Jeffrey Dean Morgan is a fantastic actor, but I, I still kind of side with the governor, you know, just by the way he was and how ruthless he was. Um, but also, I didn't know if you noticed this, uh, Ghoul, last Sunday's episode marks the last time you're going to see Maggie this season on The Walking Dead. She is officially done until next season. So wow. we don't know they're going to show the final episode with her in it, but as far as the showrunners are concerned, that's it. You're not going to see Maggie anymore. After last Sunday's episode. Interesting. So that episode was both the end of Rick Grimes and Mackie as of the time being. Yeah, they said that there's more story to tell with Maggie Green, but you're not going to find out um, in the rest of the episodes what happens there. They're they're focusing more on the future um, with these characters, with the new survivors. Um, I know that Greg Nicotero, um, he kind of hinted at the whispers kind of going into the fold. So if you guys at home are fans of the comic book series, you know who the whispers are. They're kind of a new evil faction that kind of steps in with alpha. So I'm not going to spoil that too much, but I'm looking forward to seeing how they handle it. I have no idea. So the whispers are definitely an evil fucking group of people. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they handle uh, that aspect of it. But again, I feel like that might be jumping the gun a little bit too soon. Just like I felt with Negan, you know, maybe they brought him in too soon. But at the same time, they have a 10-year idea of how long they want to go with this show. (laughs) So, like the docket said, they're foreseeing it for the next 10 years. So, obviously, they have a plan in place uh, for for, uh, the show. Mm, They got something in place. Mm. So, switching away from The Walking Dead, because I want to bring the monkey back into the fold. One of the things I wanted to talk about tonight was actually uh, <laughs> yeah. Don no, is, 
Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I actually wanted to backtrack real quick because you guys said that the show jumped six years at the yeah. end of the episode. So does, in your opinion, do you guys think that they're going to be, like, maybe doing a reboot of some kind with, like, a new cast? Well, old and new. So they're, they're going in a new direction. They, they said they want to make it, like, a new feel for The Walking Dead. Kind of like a reboot, but not really because you still have Daryl and Carol and, and the King and Jerry and all these other characters are still going to be involved. But it's kind of like a reboot in a way where you're going away from that Grimes family storyline into a new generation, which I think is an interesting feel, and I'm looking forward to seeing how they handle it. Uh, I don't know if the okay. goal feels the same way, but I'm looking forward to it. Well, I mean, you know, listen, the show at this point no longer has the main focal point that it's had. So starting it from a future standpoint just makes sense because now they're going to have to tr- – I, I just don't see how they're going to be able to figure out how to make Daryl a leading man-style character. Um, it's going to be tough. I just don't I, I, see him in that – you know what I mean? He's more like, you know, and I don't, I don't mean this against the actor himself. No, no, no. I just feel like that character is kind of like having that, like a loyal dog, essentially, you know? Um, just because, you know, like, you know, let's say my dog is, is, is a really good dog and he doesn't make a mess and he doesn't do this and that. It doesn't mean I'm going to fucking trust him to make dinner and take care of everything else when I'm gone all the time. Uh, <laughs> I expect him to guard my fucking house and then, you know, when I get back, you know, down, boy. Um, I, just don't, I just don't find him to be that. And that, I think, is going to be the hardest thing that they're going to have to figure out how to do is replace... Rick, and whether or not they end up having to do that using Daryl, or if you know, if they have to get another character in there somewhere, do they have to introduce somebody else that's going to be able to take that kind of mantle? Uh, I don't know if they can. Yeah. So, Monkey, uh, did you have any more questions mm-hmm. about uh, you know what hey. we're talking about? No, no. Uh, I was just curious about that, and you know your opinions on that. Thank you, guys. Oh, no problem. You're welcome, um, monkey. I, I know you. that you don't watch it, but <laughs> we like to give our opinions. But uh, as I was saying uh, just a few minutes ago, uh, Don Mancini, uh, the creator behind Child's Play, um, you know, it's been known for a while, if you're a fan of Child's Play, that Don Mancini's original vision for what became the first Child's Play movie wasn't exactly what was presented uh, on film. And he actually went more in-depth on his script that he had originally written, which was entitled Blood Buddy. And his idea was that back in the 80s, all the girls had baby dolls that could pee and cry and eat and all these different things. So he wanted to create a doll that would bleed. So it can get cuts. So it would bleed, and you'd have to buy the official good guy doll you know, Band-Aids, if you wanted to, you know, put Band-Aids on these cups. So he wanted to fill it up with fake blood and do that. But what the interesting turn is, and this is what I want to get your guys' response on, because I think this would have been fucking great if this is what Child's Play became. He, instead of Charles Lee Ray, the killer, putting his soul into this good guy doll, the good guy doll and Blood Buddy would become sentient 
because of Andy Barclay's loneliness and depression over not having a father figure in his life, of not having any friends, of living with his mother who's working all the time. And he gets this doll that he carries around all the time and kind of projects his anger in a lot of ways. So based on his rage that he has inside of him, the doll becomes sentient and acts on Andy's impulses of rage and ends up killing people. I think that it's so much of a darker film um, than what you get. I mean, not to say Child's Play isn't a great film. I love Child's Play. But I would love to see that kind of play out in a movie. I think it's a much more psychological film, a lot deeper, you know, than Child's Play. So I wanted to get uh, your guys' opinions on the original Blood Buddy uh, script idea. And if you thought that would be a better version of what we got with Child's Play. Well, on top of the whole thing. uh, Oh, thanks. Uh, um, On top of the whole thing about the doll becoming sentient, I also read that the part of the plot was, excuse me, that it, what the hell was that? Um, Part of it becoming sentient was because the doll has the blood in it, Andy and the doll do a Blood Brothers pact, and Andy cuts his thumb, and and he cuts Chucky's thumb, and that's where the whole friends till the end thing was originally yeah. supposed to happen was mm-hmm. from them be- becoming blood brothers and that's when Chucky starts going on rampages but I, yeah. I also but then I also read <clears throat> sorry that the, the other thing was Chucky only goes out and kills while Annie's asleep so then Chucky starts to figure out well if he kills Andy and Andy will be asleep forever, and then the doll can live forever. Right. And that's how, yeah. and that's how that whole spin on this movie was supposed to take place. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, as far as the whole thing about it becoming sentient because of, you know, the rage in Andy and, you know, him not having a dad, mom not being around, you know, I really like this spin because I, I like the idea of, you know, People always think, you know, kids are cute and, you know, they don't really have any anger and shit like that. And it's like, no, those of us that have, like, you know, have been, you know, been parents or are, you know, really close uncles and stuff like that. No, little kids are fucking full of fucking rage, man. They'll fucking turn on you in a fucking instant. Like, they've got, like, they can go from, like, you know, pure cutesy love one second to straight up, you know, I will kill you when you're not looking. I'm going to stab you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so the idea of Jeez, actually taking that, <laughs> you ever t- yeah, you know what? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, but it's like, I, I like the idea of taking that rage and p- putting it into the doll, and then that's what drives the doll to do what it does. I I really dig. It. I love the idea. Yeah. Well, what, what do you think, Cool? I think that. People that alter and rewrite screenplays and edit and doctor scripts to actually make coherent films are fucking mm. phenomenal because God does that ever sound fucking retarded, man. Jesus, no, I'm good on a sentient doll that, you know, what you're making it sound like here now is something that would fit more in line with, like, let's say a 30 or 40 minute. Uh, a Twilight Zone episode or something to that effect. 
which is all fine and dandy, but that's not something that's going to carry, uh, what are they now, six movies in as far as the franchises go? Uh, yeah, something like that. I mean, yes, the child's play get confusing, convoluted, and just downright silly at times? Absolutely. Um, just trying to make the doll sentient based on the fact that it's got blood in it? Um no, you know what? I like the whole voodoo aspect of it. I like the body jumping aspect of it. The one thing that I wish that they would have stayed or true to, or what I felt like they were like trying to hint at in the original Child's Play, and then they really never went very far with it, was the idea like that there was a mystery of whether or not the kid was the killer. Yeah. Um, you know, and I feel like they, they kind of like had, like maybe there was a, a version of the script that had that going on, and when they finally just decided, no, we're not going that route, they just didn't take those certain things out. Um, like that's that more than anything else is what I would like to see in like a child's play movie. But now at this point, you know what? Yeah. Make a new, make a new franchise, man. Well, I mean, that's what MGM's trying to do with their reboot of Child's Play, which is filming now. So it's, it's, it's full steam ahead, even before the Child's Play TV series that Don Mancini really wants to make. The Child's Play remake is in production. Like, I've seen production stills already of, of how, like, not actual characters, not the doll, but, you know, exterior shots where they're filming at night. Like, people posted pictures, you know, of location. So they're going ahead with it. So. Dom Mancini could be angry all he wants, but they're moving forward. They're making this movie. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I mean, I, you know, I, I would love to see a new take on Chucky. You know, I'm, I'm so all for I know a lot of people are like, oh, no, you can't, you know, you can't do any better than Brad Dorff and, and what they created. But why not give him a shot? You know, why not, you know, give MGM a chance? Because they could probably come up with something good. Who knows? It might suck, but, you know, it's kind of have to have the optimism that they could make something really fun. Is it going to be Child's Play versus Puppet Master? No, not this time around. <laughs> but no, it's not going to be that. But it, it, it's it's still going to be fun to me. I mean, it's kind of it's not well, like a remake. It's a reimagining. But I mean, that, that's voodoo versus Nazis, man. That's some crazy shit right there. <laughs> but the the other. Uh, slasher character. Well, if you want to call him slasher, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I put this character in a slasher genre. I guess you could. Um, but the one that we don't really talk about too much as far as getting a reboot like we do with Freddy and Jason and Michael and, and Weatherface is Leprechaun. Because apparently what? there's a new movie coming out next month called Leprechaun Returns. comes out on December 19th, video on demand, where Leprechaun Returns it's supposed to be a direct sequel to the first one, so I guess they're going to do another retcon. Of course. The popular thing now, the retcon movies, where Leprechaun uh, comes out of a well and stalks a bunch of sorority sisters that take water from his well, and uh, hilarity and bloodshed ensues. So I had seen Leprechaun Origins when it came out with Hornswoggle from WWE, and stopped. it was fun. You know, it was different. It wasn't like Warwick Davis's Leprechaun. It was more of a creature in Ireland than it was a fun, you know, slapstick Leprechaun. But do you think you really need another Leprechaun movie? Or do you think, hey, we, we had a run. We're, we're good. We had In the Hood. We had In Space. We don't need another fucking Leprechaun movie. And plus, this time, 
it's not even going to be Warwick Davis. It's going to be another actor playing the leprechaun. So I felt like that was kind of, wow, Warwick Davis wasn't called back. They got somebody else. So what well, do you guys think? Leprechaun returns. For one thing, Warwick Davis is just way up in his years, man. He can't do the roles that he used to be able to do. Right now, he just has to stick with his little cameos that he gets in the Star Wars movies, and that's about it. <laughs> what? I mean, are you interested in another Leprechaun movie, or you just think, like, listen, it's not that great of a series. You know, I don't need another one. I, I was good with just the first one, to be honest, man. I was like, uh, <laughs> I've seen seen the others. It's like, and yeah, they're bad. Not as bad as what we're getting ready to delve into, but they're pretty bad. But yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I don't think that this series needs to continue. <laughs> cool. No. What do you think? <laughs> uh, I think another Leprechaun movie is about as useful as a fucking other hole in my ass. You know what I mean? It's uh. <laughs> Uh, I'm good. With, I, I'm good with if they had never made the fucking franchise to begin with. But since that's not an option, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely don't need another one. I enjoyed the first one. I mean, I fully admit that first one is just so weird and fun. It's Jennifer Aniston's first movie, so it has that kind of fun trivia. But I liked the first one. I thought, you know, for what it was, it, it was different in its own way of having the, this the, evil the... killer leprechaun. Yeah, and the first one fit in so nice with the niche of 90s horror. It really did. Like, in my opinion, <clears throat> Leprechaun is right up there with other, you know, so-called horror movies of that time period, like War- Warlock and stuff like that. And I think, you know, where they went with the series kind of just went all fucking over the place, where he's in the well, hood, yeah. he's in space, and, you know. But, you know, they're they're... To me, the Leprechaun movies that went into space and the ghetto, it was kind of like what they did with Hellraiser after the first two movies, where it's like, all right, well, we have this character. People like him. They want to go to the theaters and see Cenobites and Hellraiser and, and Pinhead. Well, let's, let's have it in space, and let's do another one where he's on the Internet. You know, it's scripts that don't feature Pinhead, but they just make a franchise based around him, where I'm honestly good with just the first two Hellraiser movies. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think you need any more than that. No, but, but I, I can't believe that someone picking it up. I, I guess sci-fi is doing this just because of the talks of, you know, like we discussed on earlier episodes of critters <clears throat> and possibly killer clowns from outer space. They're like, well, let's let's grab another title from the '90s and see what we can do with it. Yeah, what what do we what do we don't have? <laughs> you know, we're sci-fi. We have everything. We have creatures. We have all these other things. So, uh, yeah, Leprechaun. <laughs> what where's Leprechaun these days? Oh, well, let's let's uh, you know do another one where he's at a sorority house, but it's not Warwick Davis this time. And I mean, I don't know much because you had said that Warwick Davis is up in age and he might not be up to doing all that stuff. But is that really such an animated role that Warwick Davis couldn't reprise the role? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think. With CGI the way it is these days, I, you know, I think you could probably do it again. How much do you think Sci-Fi is going to drop on CGI for this movie? <laughs> Have you watched the Sharknado movie? They drop money. Those are, those are awesome. Not the right man. way, but they don't, do drop it. Don't, don't you, don't you knock the fucking Sharknado movies, man? Th- I'll knock are, them all they want. Those are fun <laughs> fucking movies. <laughs> yeah, it depends on what your definition of fun is. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Not up my alley. Being, but feeling yeah. if you're really drunk and watching lots of cameos in a cheesy cheesy movie. <laughs> but um, I, en- so, I enjoy the magic. I do have uh, one other thing I want to talk about before we get into the movie, but I do want to cut it to you, Monkey, and to the Ghoul because you both saw the Meg. I have not yes, seen we it did. yet, so I kind of want to get your opinions on the movie. Uh, and if you haven't out there seen the Meg yet, uh, is it worth a watch, or is it kind of one of those movies you could just avoid, not worth your time? Go, I would love to hear your opinion on this. <laughs> well, I mean, I think everybody knows, you know, that listens, that I am a, uh, a Majors purist. Uh, so for me, every shark film begins and ends with Jaws. There's only been one great shark attack right. movie, and that would be Jaws. Um, mm-hmm. I felt like Deep Blue Sea was a very fun film. Um, oh, yeah. Obviously, it's not going for what you got with the film Jaws, which I accepted that wholeheartedly because that movie knew that it wasn't trying to do that. Um, I think the Meg hits like a nice little middle ground there. Uh, I do wish they would have went R-rated with the film, especially, you know, I didn't have a problem with it Okay. until the end. You know, like I was good with everything with the ratings until the end of the movie. And then I'm like, you know, not for nothing. This is where, if this was R-rated, this could have been that, that exclamation point that really sent this over the fucking edge to be like, okay, you know what? This was a great fucking movie. It had a lot of cool scenes. It's got Jason Statham doing what Jason Statham does, which is glare and make one-liners and and just sell himself as this fucking overall tough English bastard that, you know, everybody wants to go and have a fucking couple of beers with and he'll end up kicking your ass by the end of the night. Um, Yep. (laughs) You know, you you got a couple of female chicks involved in the movie. You got a, a precocious little kid in the movie. You know, you've got comedy side type of shit going on. Um, I mean, it's it's an action movie more than it's a horror movie. Okay. The shark size is really cool. I you know the, I wish I would have seen this in the theaters only just to get that bigger scale of mm-hmm. the creature itself. But aside from that, it, it was fun and it's well worth watching. But it's uh, you know don't don't expect to see any kind of crazy uh, any crazy gore effects. Okay. There. All right. So monkey. Yeah, okay, first of all, it's a Jason Statham movie. King, you know I have to watch any movie that Jason Statham's in. I don't care. Just like <laughs> I am with Benny Jones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but that being said, it's like the, the ghoul summed it up. It's like, because watching it, I... I'm juggernaut, bitch. I took this watching it as a very toned-down, very family-friendly, bigger-than-life version of Jaws, where they took okay. all, of the, all of the scary, scary stuff out of Jaws, you know, so that you could all take your family to go see the summer blockbuster movie, everyone eat popcorn, and everyone's fine because there's no actual blood going on, and every, everybody's safe, you know. <laughs> I really wish something had happened to the uh, the dog. <laughs> Um, but uh, it's just I, I think this definitely could have used 
some harder hits as far as driving the terror into it. Not mm-hmm. so much making it horror, but they definitely could have done something about giving you, you know, some good jumps throughout the movie. And I felt like it was missing that, and instead it was just big, big blockbuster film that will that was fun to watch, and you know it was, you know, pretty much like watching you know a big ass Shark Week kind of movie. Uh, um, let's see here. I, I guess one way to put it is it's, it's like Jurassic Park, but with a gi- giant shark kind of thing. It, it, it's okay. that kind of feel. Okay. Do you I feel felt like, like it was yeah, a bigger, yeah. a bigger budget version of a um, sci-fi channel movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Okay. Did you feel like the the PG thirteen rating hurt the movie more than it helped, or do you feel like it was fine for what it was? Mm-hmm. But you know, yeah, mm-hmm. if it was R rated all the way through, I know that the ghoul had said if, if the last moment in the movie, if it had been rated R, it would have been perfect, but. Do you feel like it should have just been R all the way through rather than just copping out and making it a PG-13 rated movie? If it had been R, really could have jumped up some things and made this movie a more fun movie for me um, because I definitely felt like this movie was really held back by the PG-13. It's like things where you were expecting this to go because you're watching a movie about a giant killer shark, you know, and we weren't getting... The, a body count, really. It's like, you know, people that get, you know, we, we had some kills, but at the same time, you know, if they had just tried to bump this up a little bit more instead of trying to make this a more family-friendly summer blockbuster kind of film, I think it really could have helped. Hmm. And what do you think, Will? Uh, again, I think that the uh, the biggest hurt on the PG-13 rating was just that it it did hold the film back. I don't I don't think that it was a matter of it being an issue of it not allowing for the kills. Um, the reason why I say that, like you know, it didn't affect it didn't I didn't feel that PG-13 rating until the end of the movie is that everything prior. You know, the, you're not talking about a shark like in Jaws or in Deep Blue Sea where it's small and it's going to chew you. And, yes, the shark in, in Jaws is a large shark, but it still was chewing, you know, Quint at the end of the movie. Yeah. It still had to fucking right. chew its food. You're talking about a shark that's so large, it's going to swallow you fucking whole. You know, you're uh, uh, literally like a toothpick to this thing. So... It's not like it's going to chomp you up and get blood all over the place. So the couple of times that it does get something big enough to to have that happen, it kind of happens. Um, But the end sequence definitely should have been loaded up with blood. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I just don't want to say anything because, you know, again, well, I guess I spoiled The Walking Dead. But no, you didn't see the Meg. I can't spoil it on you. I know you don't know. Yeah, and I I want it. I'm I'm very interested in watching the Meg. But what the ghoul says, like, I completely agree with because, like, when you're watching it, you always feel like you're just being held back a little bit from where you think it should be. Like, you 
like that's mm-hmm. how I felt anyway. Was it was like all like, while it was fun, I felt like the whole time I was watching it, it was like it was almost there, but not quite. It, like it needed that little bit more. Mm-hmm. Okay. You wanted um, to yeah, kill I'm... the dog. I wanted it to eat the kid. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely been okay with both. Um, you know, dogs, kids, nobody's safe in a horror movie, and they shouldn't be safe in a horror movie. Um, but uh, the, the last thing I wanted to talk about before we get into the movie for tonight is an article that I found earlier about um, Carrie Fukunaga, who directed a bunch of episodes of True Detective, and David Lowry, so who directed the Ghost We're Story. Watch a family-friendly show here. I know. I know we are. But, uh, yeah, uh, Carrie Fukunaga <laughs> and David Lowry, they are writing a pilot script for a TV series based on Explorers from 1985. I don't know if you guys remember that one. Uh, it's a, a favorite of mine. Uh, River Phoenix, Ethan Hawke, J- uh, Jason Presson, um, how they create a spaceship to go into space and they meet crazy fucking goofy aliens. Oh, oh, oh. I didn't, yeah, I didn't Explorers. I thought you said Explorers. Yeah, like me explorers. too. Just, what the fuck is Explorers? No. Explorers. Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> I have to enunciate yeah. better, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, I explore. fucking love that movie. The Joe Dante film, yeah, from 1985. So, yeah, apparently uh, the duo is working on a script to create a pilot for a TV series. The network uh, hasn't been announced yet, but they are working uh, hard on a script for Explorers cool. to kind of bring it into the new age, um, you know, for a new generation. So I wanted to get your take on it because I'm a huge fan of Explorers. Uh, I loved that movie when I was a kid. You know, it's such a fun film. So uh, do you think that it would be effective as a, a TV series in this day and age? Because I feel like Explorers is one of those films that, like, not everybody knows about. But when you start to say, yeah, it was Ethan Hawke, it was uh, River Phoenix, Alien, Space, they're like, oh, yes, I know that movie. It's like, okay. <laughs> you know, that's why I always, you know, come off of those conversations. So what do you guys think? Are you, you know, would you be interested in seeing uh, a TV series? Well, go ahead. I, uh, well, you know me. I mean, certain films, I think, and, and certain types of, of that stuff work very well in TV form in that, you know, you get to, oh, well, oh, I'm going to use the pun, you get to explore it a little deeper. Um, <laughs> hey But um, I also think that this is a good idea because honestly, even though you have Ethan Hawke, even though you have River Phoenix, Explorers was by in no means a perfect film. It was a very entertaining film up until a certain age and then you start watching it and you're like, wow, this is kind of shitty. Um, The fucking aliens were just ridiculous. Um, It it went in ways that just didn't make any sense for what the Mm -hmm. first portions of the film were. So going into this a little deeper, maybe getting a little bit more character exploration and therefore then going from there, if they're going to travel into space or is this just going to be, you know, a bunch of earthbound imaginative kids, you know, like I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to come up with with this. I feel like the sky's the limit for these explorers. I, I definitely think so. Uh-uh. Yeah. I, I felt the same way about um, another movie, and I'll get to you, Monkey. I apologize. But uh, Radio Flyer, I don't know if you remember that movie from back in the day with uh, mm-hmm. Tom Hanks and, and the other two kids, how they built the Radio Flyer to fly 
because they wanted to escape their abusive uh, stepfather. Mm. And it made no fucking sense because they actually did it. <laughs> they made the radio flyer fly. And that's the way I kind of felt like it was explored, where it's like, yeah, it's fun. It's so entertaining. But at the same time, it's like, all right. It kind of gets a little goofy in the third act with, with the goofy alien. Same thing with Radio Flyer, where it's like, all right, they obviously didn't make it fly. Where, where the fuck is this kid? <laughs> you know, that had to escape his, his stepfather. So, uh, Fly, fat-ass fly. <laughs> so, Muck, are you excited for, uh, you know, the TV series? Because I think it, it could be good, mm. especially for a younger audience. Mm. I think it'll be well, uh, fun. Well, any TV, like any movie that made kids think about, um, you know, interbeing sex at an early age, because we were all like, you know, around 10 when we first saw this movie. (laughs) Interbeing sex. Sex sex aliens. Yeah, because River Phoenix hooks up with the the sister alien in the movie. I didn't think about that when I was a kid. (laughs) Completely beyond me. What? I wasn't like, what would it what? be like to have sex with an alien? I was like, no, I'm a kid. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it's cool yeah and, but that's what happened here. And it's like, a- any movie that can make a kid think about that, and then they want to turn it into a TV series, sure, let's run with it. It's like, you know, because I can definitely see this as more of a, you know, co- being a coming-of-age kind of TV show where they're all awkward, they're having to deal with their daily lives while having to do this, and getting the transmissions from space constantly in their head and having to unravel it. And I think with this day and age, it could work because one is like, you know, hardly anybody remembers that show, you know, and two, this is something that could easily work into today, you know, today's generation, uh, just with, you know, you have your cell phones, you keep getting weird shit on your cell phone. You start talking to your friends going, are you getting this too? You know, it, it could easily work. You know, but then at the mm-hmm. same time, I, you could, as the ghoul likes to say, you know, get deeper into the characters. You could get into, like, all the mad scientist shit that was, you know, going on at River Phoenix's house and stuff like that, you know, right. and show that. But on the flip side, if we're going to start doing that with older, forgotten 80s movies, fuck, man, forget Explorers, and I want a fucking Monster Squad. Point of the Navigator. No, I want a Monster Squad series. Oh, yeah. I, I'd be honest with that. Because that was going to be my next question as we close out this, this article. Is there a, a movie that Flight you watched when you were a kid? Jeez, man. Flight of the Navigator I know. has come up like twice in a month now. Like a month and change. Oh, no. Got, got it on DVD. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was going to be my, my question kind of end this article. Is you know, Is there a, a movie that might not be as well known to some people that you watch as a kid, and you're like, I love this fucking movie, and I want to made it uh, kind of into a TV series, like uh, the uh, the monkey had said, Monster Squad. To me, I go more of the popular route. I would love to see a Goonies TV show. I think that could really work, especially if it was on Netflix. I think that would be a like, fun thing for kids uh, to yeah. see an updated version of the Goonies and and have it be an episodic uh, adventure. I think it would be a lot of fun. So I wanted to come to you guys. What do you think? You know, is there a movie yeah. or anything that you would like to see in a TV series? Yeah, again, Monster Squad. Not, not but, <laughs> but then if I could get the backing and it could run it onto a, an adult channel, I would love to see, like, an adult Barbarella series. Okay. Well, I'm sure there's plenty of porn versions out there that you could probably watch. 
Yeah, I was going to say, man. I mean, you know, there's Porn Justice League. There's Porn Batman 66. There's all kind. Of, yeah, you can easily find a porn version of Barbarella, man. I don't want a porn. I don't want a porn version. I'm talking about like, like the original movie. Keep it rated R. Adult, so that was pretty much yeah. the adult movie as itself. Yeah, but I'm saying you said turn it into a series, and I'm saying keep the the feel of the first Barbarella movie and candy mm-hmm. and sci-fi and all that kind of stuff, yeah. and then turn it into a series. Okay. Well, maybe that's your vote. Okay. Uh, what about you, Google? What do you think? Uh, you know, there's a lot of fucking movies that you know, I feel like could be better expanded in a show. And of course, at this particular moment, I can't fucking think of one of them. Um, <laughs> the reason why, the reason why I say no to the Goonies, um, I feel like that was such a great snapshot, such a great film yeah. for our age at the time. Um, I also yeah. feel like it was just so well delivered, so well put together. The only thing I want to see them do, if they make anything to do with the Goonies at this point, would, you know, do something with their kids. You know, and again, though, mm-hmm. it would be a one-shot film. It doesn't need to be a long-form series because, you know, the the problem with that is, is you know, we've watched them abuse television series and they keep them on the air for too long or they get rid of them too short. You know, because they didn't have a fucking long-form plan. Uh, no. No. <laughs> nope. No, Goonies, no I definitely please. see the point. Leave my Goonies alone. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's... <laughs> but it is kind of a weird mm-hmm. thing. Like, we had, like I had said, you know, I, I would like a Goonies, uh, you know, kind of a Netflix series, maybe a one-shot thing. Um, I know that for a long time they were talking about doing a sequel, like the Goonies said, where it's going to be the grown-up Goonies, and then they're raising kids, and they have an adventure, Goonies 2. It just it never came to fruition. Um, but I think that you get that now with Stranger Things. I think that's a great compendium. You know, it's like if we're never going to get a Goonies TV series or a movie, I think that Stranger Things is a great kind of way to do it. You know, it, it's friendly to kids. It's good for adults. You know, I, I think, you know, if you're going to get as close to the Goonies as you can, I think Stranger Things is the way to go. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know. I wouldn't call that so much as like an homage to the Goonies. It's just uh, all right. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So oh, sorry, King. <laughs> yeah. Well, moving on because I have no sort of segue to go from the Goonies to. Well, listen. I don't talk. want to ruin this conversation. Oh, but we do we have a movie to talk about. See, that's why you're the king. <laughs> I might be the king of horror, but you're the king of Segway. How about that? <laughs> so we do have a movie. Uh, Monkey, you picked this movie. It's The Ruins from 2008, directed by Carter Smith. Uh, why don't you yes. hit us with a plot, what you thought about it, and we'll kick this thing off. All right. Tonight we are covering the 2008 DreamWorks horror film, The Ruins. This is the story of four college students who, while on vacation in Mexico, are invited to join a German tourist and his crazy, drunken Grecian friends on a trip to a remote archaeological dig at a forgotten Mayan temple. But the group soon discovers that the temple may not be as forgotten as they thought, as it is hiding a terrible secret. Will our intrepid heroes be able to escape their very own episode of Legends of the Hidden Temple? Well, listen in and find out on tonight's episode of Talking Terror. <laughs> mm, bringing the pain. 
right. So, you know, what did you think about now, the ruins, Monkey? You picked it. Well, as for why I picked this movie, it was just real fucking simple. I was just trying to find a fun little horror movie for us all to cover. I came across this one, checked out some reviews, watched the trailer, and I was like, huh, killer plants. We haven't done that shit before. <laughs> Let's give it a shot. Little did your stupid monkey know that he found the companion piece to the other movie that you all love so much, The Sand. <laughs> okay. Sure. Go with it. All right. Continue. Uh, oh, you no. It's, it, that's why I picked it. What, you want to know what I thought about it? Well, yes. <laughs> um, I thought this movie had a lot of potential to go mm-hmm. in the right direction and become a decent movie. It, like, if they had given us an information dump of why stuff had happened, you know, it maybe explained a little bit stuff, but this movie was missing a lot. And, you know, for us to just be vacationing in Mexico, to just end up taking on a, 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 a temple covered in killer cannabis, you know, just, oh, man, I'm sorry, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll see where we end up in the last hour. So, uh, Ghoul, what did you think about the ruins? I mean, you know, listen. It was... It's the ruins, man. I mean, that's what it is, okay? (laughs) This is... This is... And I've got this some, movie really I've, got some, I've got some deep thoughts about this movie. I really do. As deep as the fucking temple itself. Um, <laughs> overall, though, I did feel like the film was kind of rote. You know, the, I mean, obviously, it's your typical early 2000s type of cast. You know, kids that we've seen in a few other things and in some cases never seen again. Um, I know the lead, well, the one lead actress, not Jenna Malone, but the other chick, she, like, retired not too long after this. She doesn't make... Yeah, well, Ramsey, yeah. Um, you know, she was in the movie The Covenant, um, Mm -hmm. and then she was also in this. Now, I do like The Covenant, because I feel like it's that, that, well, I feel like it's that rare male witch-slash-warlock film. You don't get mm. many of those. You normally get things no. like The Craft and, you know, Charmed and shit like that. So having some dudes pulling off some cool-ass powers and not sparkling like fucking diamonds um, is all a bonus. <laughs> uh, but we're not talking about that movie tonight. Tonight we're talking about The Ruins. It was doable. I didn't hate it, you know. I, yeah. I didn't hate it at all. Uh, I found it to be fun at times. Mm-hmm. King, what do okay. you think of it? Um, yeah, I, I kind of agree with the ghoul in a lot of ways. And like we had talked about last night, Monkey, I didn't hate this movie, but I didn't really like it either. I mean, it, it's one of those movies where it, it is, like the ghoul, it's a passable. You know, it, it passes the time. Um, like I joked about how it's, you know, the ruins is also how the Iceman took a holiday. Because you have Sean Ashmore <laughs> playing Eric. <laughs> in this movie, and it's like, yeah, he got tired of being in the X-Men, so he decided to go down to Mexico <clears throat> and hang out with some people, and that's what happened. Um, it, it, it's a weird one because, it, again, Monkey, you're not really a big fan of small cast movies, and this is a small cast movie. <laughs> you have mainly just the, the four, uh, the two couples, and then you have Matthias, 
um, and his friend, you know, the, the German, who, and I don't know what you guys thought, but I thought that Joe Anderson, who, <clears throat> Joe Anderson I really like. Um, he was in Across mm-hmm. the Universe, which is the Beatles musical movie that came out a couple of years ago. He was, he, um, he he was, was in the Crazy's remake. He's, he's been in a bunch of different things. To me, it was kind of like Joe Anderson doing a paycheck movie, where it's like you're supposed to be German, but he just sounded like a British guy trying to do a really bad German impression. Where I never felt like he was German, so I was like, "All right, well, we're going to go with this." But to me, the, the Look, plot anybody is has of, the right to do bad German impressions, it's the Brits. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and the Jews. <laughs> the Jews, yeah. but you know, I think that one goes without saying. Yes, absolutely. But to me, it, it was one of those movies, and I, I brought this up to you last night, Monkey, is that it, it's one of those plot movies that's kind of, to me, lost. Because it's not a situation that I could ever see myself in. You know, I'm in Mexico, I'm with my girlfriend, I'm with my friend and his girlfriend, we're fucking drinking margaritas by poolside, we're hanging out. This fucking German guy walks up, and he's like, oh, my brother, uh, he disappeared, and I have to go to this temple. And they're like, Cool. Like, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, well, that's because yeah. you'd be like, yo, Matty Cheese gone later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's gone. Don't worry about it. We're not going to talk about him. Where's the soul fucking beer? Where's the cervezas? <laughs> you know, yeah. But it was one of those things where it's like, yeah, if I'm in Mexico and I'm hanging out with my friends and my girlfriend and a German guy walks up and he goes, oh, my brother Heinrich, you know, went to a temple. You guys want to come with me? Ooh, Heinrich, no, girl. yeah. I don't. Yeah. I want to fucking stay yeah. at the resort. I want to get drunk. I want to have sex. I don't want to fucking go to some random fucking temple with you. Like, I have no interest. But wait, this cast you... is like, yes. <laughs> Let's fucking wait. do it, bro. And I'm like, yeah. all right. So I was like, all right, that's, that's not me. <laughs> I wouldn't do it. Um, Jenna Malone looks fantastic in a bikini. I will say that. I was like, hello. Don't remember Jenna Malone other than being in Donnie Darko. So to see her in this movie, you know, rocking a bikini, I was happy with it. But, yeah, it was the whole process of getting to the temple that I didn't like, especially um, just the whole atmosphere of the movie. It's because I don't know what you guys thought, and I want to kick it to you talking about these characters, first and foremost, is uh, Jeff and Amy, which is Jonathan Tucker and Jenna Malone. To me, they didn't feel like a couple at all, like in any instance of this movie. I never got a vibe that they were in love. I just felt like they're two uh, actors that got put into this movie and are supposed to be dating. It didn't feel like that to me. Whereas Sean Ashmore and Laura Ramsey, who played uh, Stacy, they felt like a couple. felt natural. They had great chemistry. You know, they felt like they were dating. But I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that because to me that was kind of a detriment to the movie. That, you know, you could care about one couple, but the other one, nah, I don't really care. How did what, did what did you think of the chemistry between Jeff and Amy Gould? <laughs> yeah, um, I don't think any of these people felt real. Um, I don't think fucking mm-hmm. Eric and Stacy felt real. Eric, I you know I know that's Iceman, but yeah. I really didn't. I I couldn't <laughs> even Bobby. remember that character's <laughs> name until near the end of the film where it then mm. got shouted like, I don't know, four or five times within a very short period of time where I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, that's Eric. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, Jeff, you fucking heard Jeff a thousand billion zillion times. That's all anybody's fucking complaining about. Jeff, 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 Jeff. Because <laughs> he's a med um, student. 
this, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be a doctor, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be that. No, it's also because that character, that actor, he's got like a, an odd, almost like a uh, like a marionette type of look to him. Um, yeah, yep. He's kind of like creepy in his look. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. You know, like this is one of those where it's like, listen, you know what, uh, I could see myself being roped into something like this. Uh, particularly because the ghoul girl loves to go on these fucking exploration trips. Uh, I remember one particular time when we were in upstate New York, um, and it was me, her, and, and, you know, and and Sam, and there was, like, a fucking, like, a a cave-like thing off to the side. And, like, we've got Sam, she's, like, five. And I'm like, all right, well, why don't we bring her back up? And we'll go into the, the into this thing together. And she's like, "No, why don't you guys wait here? I'm gonna go check it out." So now I'm there with this, you know, trying five year old who's scared shitless <laughs> because you know she's watching her mom go in a possible fucking bear cave. And like in my head, all I'm saying is, "Bitch, how come you're getting to fucking go in the bear cave? I want to go in the fucking bear cave." So we would easily be the fucking type of people that can rope this kind of shit. Um. Mm. But yeah, as far as the actors go, no, none of them were fucking believable as as people. None of them. Well, you know what? With the exception of Jenna Malone, but that's because Jenna Malone, out of this entire cast, is actually like an actress, man. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I remember her actually earlier than Donnie Darko. I remember her from a movie called Book of Stars. That was the first time I'd ever oh, seen Jenna yeah. Malone. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Her, her sister was Mary Stewart Masterson. Yeah. It's one of those films that I own on DVD. That if I ever like have my uh, like, if I ever have a desire to watch something that's going to make me cry, like, that's on that list. It's that, there's Steel Magnolias, there's fucking A Dog's Purpose, and, you know, the, the, it's pretty much it after that. Um, oh, there's that other one, too. Uh, I don't know. The Evening Star was the sequel to it. For whatever reason, I can't remember the fucking name of the original film. Um mm-hmm. But, but, yeah, so Jenna Malone is always enjoyable. Everybody else is just... You know, everybody just needs to die, or at least somewhat die. And Matthias, I like him though, man. You know, I'm a, I'm a fan of that character. I'm a fan of that actor. Well, I yeah, don't care about his yeah. accent. You know, but I, just, I felt yeah. like yeah, I felt like his character needed to be a little bit more devious mm-hmm. than oh, yeah. what we yep. get. You know, and maybe that's mm-hmm. what I was looking for in this movie, is there never was really an enemy besides no. what we get. Yeah. Oh, my eyes. No, I, I agree with that. So, yeah, Monty, you know, what, like we had talked about, what did you feel about these characters and their relationships and uh, believability factor? Yeah, Jeff and Amy, they struck me more as, like, a brother and sister who were pissed off at each other the entire time. I didn't, <laughs> I, 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 you know, the whole time I felt like I was, you know, watching Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia, and I'm just, like, waiting to yell at the screen to tell him not to kiss or anything like that. <laughs> but, mm, uh, but you don't um, watch the same porns I do. <laughs> nope. I've, seen, I, I've seen that That's one. porn. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, but it's like also it's like the the chemistry between Jeff and Amy. Anytime they had to kiss or hug or anything like that, it seemed like like they were just totally despised with each other on screen. You know, yeah. it's like you you could seem to you could fucking feel it. <laughs> um, and Stacy and Eric, it's like all I could do was fucking laugh at them because of <laughs> uh, all of the 
awkward uh, sex stuff that's going to happen later that we're going to talk about. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, yeah. The old handy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there. oh, oh, you yeah. lucky fucks, man. See, I bought this on Xbox. They didn't have any unrated edition for me. All oh, they had was an shit. R-rated edition, so I didn't get to see the hand job or anything like that. I got to read about it when I fucking looked up what the uh, the differences were between oh. the R-rated and the unrated version. <laughs> oh, yeah. Version. Yeah. You missed the, yeah, you missed the old Mr. Johnson. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You didn't miss yeah. much. It was just so funny because it was so uncomfortable, and we'll get to that later. <laughs> Well, yeah, but I, but, but I wanted to jump in real, real quick. It's just because as we're watching the movies and stuff like that, again, okay, um, Ghoul, we had our copy then different from yours. Okay, ours started off with, straight off the bat, you see a big-ass DreamWorks logo. And mm-hmm. I was talking to the king about this, and I'd never, to my knowledge, I've never seen a DreamWorks horror movie. Do you, I couldn't like, think of one. Yeah, uh, do you know of, like, any off the top of your head that may- maybe you knew were DreamWorks movies or anything? Or is this your they, first time they, seeing they made, their, their... Didn't they make all those fucking Minions movies? Those are pretty horrific to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Aren't they the ones but, that made Shrek also, man? I yeah, mean, yeah, they made all the... You're talking, about a company, kids you're movies. talking about a company that has specialized in fucking horror movies, okay? For parents, <laughs> they are the penultimate horror fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But well, I should yeah. have known this movie. Yeah. I should have known this movie was gonna suck, though, because after the DreamWorks thing, then I see the name of the person who threw money at this movie, and it's fucking Ben Stiller, as producer of this fucking movie. Ben Stiller, something about Mary Ben Stiller. I still can't fucking yeah. believe that. Yeah, and <laughs> I was like, I should, I should, I should have known then that the movie was gonna suck. Now, yeah. who did you say the director was? Uh, Carter Smith. Oh, okay. Okay. I said, wow. So I was mixing characters then right there. I was thinking you were talking about the dude from fucking Dawson's Creek, but I think that's Kerr Smith. Kerr Smith. And, and, <laughs> and I'm going to take that yeah. a whole nother fucking level further. And his name was Carter in Final Destination. So I put what? all of that together and I'm sitting here in my head right now thinking to myself, dude, that's the fucking guy that directed this movie? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And apparently, it was this, Carter and apparently this director must be really proud of this movie because his IMDb page uh, profile photo is him on set of this movie. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so he's gone on to have a successful career following the ruins. <laughs> wow. Um, I guess it, I guess yeah, it that, didn't that, ruin him. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. I mean, I mean, when you look at the the box office figures, this movie basically just made its budget back because the budget was eight million, and then it eventually just made back its budget. You know, so it it wasn't a, a huge hit for anybody involved. Um, well, and it's, it's, you know, I mean, it, it's a weird film though because it's you don't know where to put it. You know, in the horror genre. You know, that's not true. I mean, we've seen a million of these movies, man. The Descent, Turistas, Hostel. 
I mean, That's, this is what I, when I was saying before, like this is where this movie kind of is like a deep is a deep thing. Yes, the content of this film is killer plants, not a killer person or people right. or group. Right. Um, but this movie comes down to xenophobia. You know, this is the mm-hmm. American yeah. fear of everything that is foreign around us. You know, go to another country. Well, if you leave that fucking safe, gated tourist community that you're in, you're going to fucking die. The jungle yep. is going to eat you. The fucking savages are going to eat you. You know, this is the same as any cannibalism movie we've ever watched. It's oh, just yeah. plants, not people. Um I you know, that, so like that, that I think is the weakest thing about the film, but at the same time, too, yeah. it, I think it's an interesting take on American society. It is. Yeah, um, good point. Especially the, the line that uh, Jeff has, where he's like, we're four Americans. People are going to be looking for us. Our parents, you know, we're, we're stranded in Mexico. So, yeah, I definitely get the, the xenophobia aspect of, of the film because it does make sense. Um, yeah, but when they get to the temple, you know, and they go into the jungle, the first sign of danger is the fact that the <laughs> you're the jungle, covered up. baby. <laughs> yeah, and you're gonna die. <laughs> yes, you are, because they go to the jungle. The taxi driver is like, "I can take you to a bunch of fucking pyramids. You don't want to go there." Oh, here's an extra twenty. Okay, hop in. <laughs> you know. Mhm. It just um. The fact that uh, Amy, Gemma Lund's character, wore sandals when oh, she God. clearly knew that they were going to be in the jungle, I just I hated the fact that that character kept reminding them. But I'm in sandals. I'm like, well, you knew you were going into the fucking jungle. You didn't think to put on some sensible shoes? Listen, you're saying this like these things don't happen on the regular, man. You know? I, I've gone Hi. bowling with people before where they know clear <laughs> clear as day that we're going to go bowling only to get to the bowling alley and find out that they didn't wear socks. You know, and that <laughs> just doesn't fly at the fucking bowling alley, you know? Nope. Um, you know, we just don't think those things. Like, you know, Jenna Malone didn't want to go to begin with. You know, her character no, did no, what no. you would expect every American to do. In Mexico, mm. which is get fucking completely 100% annihilated yep. and, you know, make out with people that you shouldn't be making out with, even though your boyfriend's there and, you know, all of that. And I just, uh, yeah, I, I don't blame her. I think if I was in her same mind state at that point, I wouldn't want to fucking go and do anything either. Um, but that being said, I don't go in that mindset anymore. So for me, that uh, yeah, I, like I said, yeah. I'd be with her. I'd be like, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. No, it's just the whole mindset of yeah. Let, let's all follow this stranger that we just met and go with <laughs> him into the middle of the fucking jungle, you know, where he can possibly chop us all up and leave us for dead. No, fuck that. I'm gonna st- like like Andy said. I'm gonna stay at the resort, drink my shit, have a good time. But I'm sure it's not going to yeah. go into the middle of the jungle with a stranger who's got you know, a map nope. of, of supposedly a temple that no one's ever mm-hmm. heard of. You know, yeah, Matthias, have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stay here. I'm going to be good. Have a good time, Matthias. Wish yeah. you luck. Seriously. Hope you find your brother. Not going out Seriously. there. But, yes. Yeah. Sorry about your brother. We'll buy you a drink when you get back. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, have fun. We hope you survive. So that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> you know, but um, <clears throat> when they get to the temple and you have the, the, the Mayans show up, um, you have the, the big-ass, you know, Mayan with his pistol, and they're arguing back and forth. Obviously, these Mayans don't speak Spanish. They don't speak English. Um, you know, they're pointing guns at them, you know, and you have Amy taking pictures of this whole thing and backing up into the vines. Do you think that they would have killed them just for being there, or do you think it's just because she backed up into the vines, like, okay, now it's on, bitch. Like, we have to kill you because the vines here are not something you want to fuck with. Oh, I don't think they would have killed, killed them otherwise. I think they were going there to warn them to yeah, keep them away from I it. I think the kids, the little kids saw them, and they ran off when they saw that they were going down the path. Um, it's that moment that she makes contact with the vines that it becomes an issue. Yeah, I, I completely agree with the ghoul because at first they're they're waving back and they're you know yelling, but they're you see them waving you know to tell them to come back you know even though they got right. guns and bows and arrows, that's why the scared white people are backing up is because of the guns and bows and arrows, but they're trying to pull them away from the temple to keep them safe. But, yeah, once she backs up and steps into the vines, that's when they raise their arms. You know, that's when they, they raise their weapon. Because, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if, if I have a bunch of people shouting at me and saying, you know, kind of doing the hand motions of come back, come back, I'm not going to be like, let me back up into these fucking bushes here and take more pictures. I'm like, nope, I'm coming with you guys. You don't speak English? That's fine. You have beer? Because I will come back to the village. <laughs> you know. We could hang I mean, out and fucking have some laugh. Obviously, the American in me, not knowing anything about this movie, uh, excuse me. You know, I mean, I picked Found it up very pretty boring. quick that it had to, it had to. Yeah, well, it's the ruins. Um, <laughs> I, I picked up pretty quick that it had to have had something to do with the fucking vines, just because they were all over the fucking place. Oh yeah, um, they were all over this temple. But, you know, there was a part of me too that just automatically had that like, I don't know, that that racist mentality of what? Do they think they're steal- like she's stealing their soul with the camera? Is that why they're gonna kill her? You know, because right, like there, right. there's always been that old adage of uh, of those people there. Yeah, and that's um, the one thing I did like about this movie is that once they go to the top of the temple, once they're chased up there by these Mayans, I love the fact that the Mayans kind of surround the temple and they're not going to let them back down. <laughs> we have our bows and arrows. We have our guns. They're salting the earth around the, you know, this temple. You know, you can't come back down. <laughs> once you're up there, you're dead. You know, once you hit the ground, they're going to shoot you because of what this temple has a secret of. Um, but I love the fact that they kept going back and forth. Secret of the universe. They're not leaving. It's not like the Mayans said, well, they're up there. They're not going to come back down. Fuck them. No, they stayed there the entire time, keeping watch. <laughs> no matter what happens, we're not letting them back down. I, I love that yeah, aspect. They, they, they fucking set up camps, you know, they, you know down Making there in the beach. You know. hanging out. Yeah. They brought their bitches down, the ladies fucking hanging out, and... They're fucking banging drums, and you know, that's what it and needed. And I love those shots. Fucking straight up, like uh, you know, some tribal dancing and shit. <laughs> yes. And that's no, why I, I love those shots. When things start to go wrong at the top of the temple, 
you could hear them screaming, and the Mayans are just down there going, oh, come on down. Hey, <laughs> you know, sounds like you're having a good, bad time up there. Why don't you just come back down? We'll help you. We have guns. We have bows and arrows. Like, I, just, I love those shots because they're yeah, not even reacting to the screams because they know what the fuck's yeah. going on up there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just very nonchalant. It's like, eh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and, and when they get to White the top, you see that they have tents set up. You know, Heinrich obviously was up there at one Damn point, cool. and that's what they're reaching for. <laughs> Um, the, the whole thing with Matthias cracked me up, and I don't know if it was supposed to be intentional, but when he goes down to the, the shaft of the, uh, the temple and he falls, when they send in Amy and, and Stacy to come get him, they don't know how to fucking get this guy in this makeshift, you know, uh, stretcher to bring him out. So they fucking snap his back in like four different places, and you just hear the snaps. Yeah. Like, oh, just leave the guy. Leave him. <laughs> He's not making it. Like, you know, leave him at the bottom of this temple. Like, it just it, it cracked me up. I don't know what you well, guys thought about it, but I love that fact. I mean, I get, you know, and they knew that too, though. You know what I mean? They knew they shouldn't be yeah, doing yeah. it, but at the same time, even he was saying, you know, please bring me up. So I think it was just yeah, one yeah. of those where it was like, you know, yeah, sometimes you have to kind of make, even if the decision is the, the not the right decision, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the wrong decision. Um, you know, it just sucked. It sucked that they didn't bring the thing down. It sucked that, you know, they had no way to, you know, I guess right. the girls just wouldn't have felt confident enough to untie the thing and then have to try to lift it up to get it tied back up. It sucked that they didn't have any more fucking rope. You know, like there, there are a thousand fucking things that sucked in that situation. Yeah. Um, yep. For for all the parties involved there, you know. I know in your version of the movie, I guess he finds his brother. Um, my version, you don't. You don't yeah. ever get yep. to really see what happens to the brother or, like, you know, something gets uncovered, but it's never really identified who or what it is. You just know that his brother's dead because of the phone. Yeah, uh, they, okay. they do find the thighs. Um, at a certain yeah, point. But that was the other thing is that Stacy, uh, when she goes down to the, the middle of the, the temple, the shaft, to go find Matthias, you know, she scratches so her leg. goes down the shaft. She does. Because she does. Because it's <laughs> Stacy. <laughs> she's fun, um, but she she hurts her, her mom is even going better. down into the shaft. Stacy's um, mom's got it going on. And when she comes back up, you know, it, you find out the following day that these vines are growing out of her leg. And into her leg. Like, All right, that's a good effect. The show her leg, not out of. Creeping out of her leg, and then they cut them out. But then she goes back down into the shaft <laughs> with Amy. I was like, can you just leave her? Like, she's obviously, you know, Amy could do this by herself. She doesn't need Stacy to go with her. She's injured. Just leave her in the tent. But <laughs> Stacy has to go back down to find the phone because they keep hearing the ringing. And this is what I talked about with the monkey. I like the fact that the vines can mimic sounds. They can mimic the sounds of a cell phone. They can mimic the sounds of a voice. I like that aspect. It was kind of giving a little bit more of these vines. The fact that they're just vegetation, but at the same time, they could do that. And I thought that was a, a, a pro to this movie, the fact that these vines could do that. I, I enjoyed the whole science fiction aspect here of them adding something new to the plants. Um, 
you know, and being able to create sound and stuff like that. Did anyone else think they looked an awful lot like pot? Oh, yeah. I definitely did. I was getting a very Audrey 2 vibe off of it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. You know, which made me start to wonder if this was like an alien thing. And, I mean, obviously mm-hmm. that's always been attached to, to South America and and the South American temples and all that stuff. Um, yeah. I, uh, ancient aliens. Ancient aliens, yeah, all, all of that. But, I mean, it also Alien. goes along with, you know, any kind of, you know, the, the, there's types of predators yeah. that use these methods. You know, there are fish that, you know, in the in the depths of the ocean, they have little dangly lights that attract mm-hmm. other fish, fish in, the, in the means of fucking, you know, giving them something to eat. So I just felt like right. it was another method that this plant has developed in order to attract people, you know, whether it's the sound of a crying child or a person yelling mm-hmm. help. You know, I don't feel like they were being... Uh, like when they were mimicking her at certain points, I didn't feel like they were doing it to be mean or anything like that. I felt like they were they just, just doing, doing it because that's just their, their natural yeah. reaction to the sounds around yeah. them. Yeah. Like I said, to... I, I like that aspect. It was kind of sci-fi, but at the same time, plants could probably do that. But yeah, just the fact that these plants could do that to, to mimic voices. Um, right. Like we get in the tent with uh, Amy and um, Eric outside of the tent, the plants mimic the sounds of moans. So it sounds like they're fucking, you know, and, and I don't like, get that. you guys are fucking. It's like, no, we're Fuck totally you, man. See, see, here's the problem with the R-rated version. The R-rated version has the two of them sitting outside. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you don't get the plants fucking stimulating any kind of moaning. You don't get a hand job in which she's sitting outside and kind of peeping in on them and that type of deal. So all you get yeah. is the two of them sitting out there. He puts his arm around her shoulder, and then all of a sudden, out comes the girlfriend yelling and screaming, you guys are fucking, you guys are fucking. Like, I felt like I was in the American Pie movie when Stifler's younger brother comes fucking out of the closet. And he's like, you guys are gonna fuck, fuckers. Yeah. Um, it came out of left field completely. So in my mind, all I'm sitting there thinking is, is wow, these plants are really fucked up her head because she's like kind of losing her shit. Um, but I want to back, backtrack actually for a second here is because during the whole thing of them going down the shaft and, you know, finding out the plants are actually shaft. alive. And to the hole to go down the shaft, right? Yeah. <laughs> But, but this is where I thought they could have had some kind of information dump of some kind of something like, you know, something telling us why this has happened. Like, I don't know, find some Mayan carvings or something like that on the walls and them discovering a story of some kind explaining mm. why this is here. Right. And, you know, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think I didn't need it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt like, you know what? Again, and maybe that's the maybe that's the racist in me or or whatever the American in me that's saying you know this is what you get when you go into fucking South American temples that you shouldn't be fucking going into. You know, there's a reason they're not on the fucking map. There's a reason why these people don't want you near these fucking things. 
And yeah, I like the ghoul had said. Um, you know, I said the same thing last night. It would have been nice. Yeah. But at the same time it's uh, not needed. Like it's just it, okay. there's these fucking plants and they just fucking are carnivorous. And that's what they right. do. Um <clears throat> I like the reveal of Matthias's legs. When he wakes up the next morning, he's like, There's something wrong with my legs, there's something wrong and fucking Amy is yeah, looking at Matthias. Like, I can't feel my legs and it's like that's because his <laughs> yeah. back's broken, dummy. Yeah. <laughs> Amy's dealing with Matthias. You have Jeff dealing with Stacy and Eric and fucking they're all yelling for Jeff at the same time. It's like, dude, what in the fucking time? What in the time? You know, I can't deal with everybody at once. What's the problem now? Oh, shit, his legs are covered in vines. We have to cut off his legs because that's mercy. Like, you know, it's, there's no feeling left. You know, so we have to, we have to you know, amputate his legs. Um, did you guys believe it that he didn't have any feeling left in his legs? Because I did. I didn't think he had any feelings left. I thought it was just a reaction. Like Jeff had said, it's a reaction to seeing his legs being cut off. That's why he's screaming. I don't think they had any no. feelings left. I, I, oh, I thought it was, like that was broken. <laughs> I, I think yeah. that was their fucking thought. I think that was Jeff and his ego. I think it was script issues, too, because I feel like Jeff should have been slowly getting kind of like – Maybe the plants had gotten into him a little bit. Okay, all right. He was trying to keep his shit together, but at the same time, not realizing that you know, like the plants are really fucking like making him do some of their dirty work, uh, Mm -hmm. making him think that he needed to do this and that he had to cut his fucking legs off. It definitely seemed like the fucking guy was was feeling it. He knew it was happening. Um, obviously, he was conscious, so yes, he knew it was occurring, but it definitely seemed like he felt every fucking second of that, man. I know it I did. did. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was... And plus, I love that effect after he cuts off the legs, when you see the vines reaching out for the fucking feet after they're cut <laughs> off. And like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like chicken wings. Yeah. Um, That's what they no, do. They, that, they eat. That whole scene, though, of the whole going through, the prepping, the, the, them actually taking a giant rock, breaking the legs, and then cutting mm-hmm. the legs off, all of that is like, I loved the effect of that whole scene. It's just, it was just yeah. nice and gory and chompy, and it was just, you know, it, it, it made me feel like I was in a cannibal movie. Yeah, they were not cutting away. Which I liked, you know. They were they were showing you this this little mini operation that they were doing to cut off his legs, you know, to the extent that they were, um, you know. And and Matthias, you know, in the end when they're all arguing and they're just fighting over, oh, I heard you fucking my boyfriend. It's like you weren't doing anything. It's we were fine. Matthias getting choked to death by the fucking vines. Just guys, guys, like something's <laughs> happening. <laughs> Fuck you, Matthias. We're dealing with shit over here. Can't deal with you right now. We're dealing with some shit, so just calm yourself. He's like, yeah, I'm getting choked to death over here by uh, the vines. Don't mean to interrupt. <laughs> Let's just drag his body away. But again, I'm going to backtrack because we have to talk about it because the ghoul didn't see it. So after the whole, again, we're going to keep talking yeah, about Yeah, bring that up because he didn't see it. Yeah. No, because after the whole shaft scene and whatnot, they go to bed for the night, and <laughs> excuse me, yeah, and we have Daisy and Eric in the tent, uh, along with Amy, and 
Stacy and Eric are cuddled together. Amy is literally in the tent with them just a couple feet away, you know, and Stacy is like, you know, come closer to me, Eric, you know, and she's, and this is after she's got her leg all busted and she's like that, you know, she's fucked up, man. And, um, you know, you think she's going to hug him, you know, because he's just in shock after the, the day's event. And, with Amy literally just a couple feet behind her, just sitting there looking at at the two of them, you know, she's sitting up just looking at him. That, that's when Stacy re, re, reaches around, <laughs> and you, know, you, you see you see her arms start to move just a little bit. And I'm like, wait a minute, is she? And <laughs> yeah, shaking his bishop. She's like, hello, Ice Man. <laughs> Because, you know, it would help the situation if you fucking came hard. (laughs) Taking you right out of it. And and while she's doing that, he's like just, while she's doing it, he's just got this like dazed look on his face. Like he doesn't want to do it, but at the same time, he's digging it. (laughs) And he's trying to see He's not stopping her. He's not like, hey, stop, stop. (laughs) <laughs> a great yep. reach around is fucking a great reach around. It doesn't matter what situation you're in. And, and realistically, <laughs> listen, man, if you're going to fucking yeah. possibly yep. die and you're watching people getting killed left and right, you're damn right I want my fucking dick getting rubbed, man. And if Amy's in the fucking tent with me, man, you know what, bitch? If too. you want to watch, you might as well join. Yep. <laughs> and that is what I, I, I told the monkey last night. It's one of those situations where it's like you're in an impossible situation you're all going to fucking die some way or another, whether it's by the plant or whether it's by the Mayans. Why don't you all just start fucking? Like, just have one big fucking orgy. Why not? Like, you know, you're not making yeah. out of it. <laughs> you know? And and especially with the body that was on Laura Ramsey in this movie. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at Jonathan Tucker. The fucking, you know, hard-ass body that he's got coming out of that. I'm like, damn. It's like, you know, all nerdy and showing that going to bed at 8 o'clock at night on a fucking Mexico weekend. <laughs> no, King. King, is there, is there anything you want to want to divulge to us on the show, man? I, I mean, I, you know, hey, listen, I give credit where credit is due. He's talking about the I chick. Credit You're credit like, yeah, what about Jonathan Tucker's hard body, baby? <laughs> Hell yeah, man. I wish <laughs> I had that fucking, fucking body. I was around. like, you go, Jonathan Tucker. <laughs> so, you know, I have no problem complimenting a dude and fucking having a good body. I was like, I do not. I'll never have a good body. So if you fucking rocking some ads like Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool, go for it, man. <laughs> I will respect <laughs> you, and I will say that you're looking good, man. No problem. <laughs> and but, that was Jonathan Tucker in this movie. Keep Jacob, bitches. <laughs> yeah, but at, at, after all the craziness of the night that goes on, you know, because the plants, you know, t- take all of Matthias away. <laughs> um, yeah, shit still keeps going down, though, man, because... Um. N- now Stacy is sitting there swearing that like she's got shit around her, like in her, and all that kind of stuff. And we have this really cool effect of all these squiggly shit under the. Yeah. Seat. I I really really dug this bit because that fucking freaked me out more than anything. It was just you know really really bad tapeworm running around inside her legs and shit like that. And it, ro- <laughs> it worked really well because she said, "I have these fucking things in me." And you have Jeff cutting him out, and he cuts it out of her leg, and then he has to go into her back and cut the vines out of her back, yeah. and she goes, yeah, but there's still shit in me. And they're like, no, you're fine. That's it. That's all there was. 
And then they see the vine crawling across her forehead, and they're like, oh, fuck, dude. <laughs> you know? And she's like, what? What is it? What is it? Cut it out. And he's like, no more cutting. We can't cut you anymore because you're going to fucking bleed out. And she's like, no, no. What is it? You know, cut it out of me. And he's like, no, we're fine. Here, have this tequila that, some reason, never fucking empties. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck was with that bottle, man? It was like the most right? awesome bottle of tequila ever. <laughs> it, it was like they used, they, they used this to fucking sterilize wounds. They used it to make torches. They used it to just keep drinking. And this shit never fucking emptied. It, it stayed a quarter full throughout the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. And even including when Amy hands it to Stacy and she goes, here, have a drink. <laughs> if you get fucked up, you're not going to know what's in you. And she's like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm going to drink this shit. Um, I thought for a second that they were going to go with the route of, because uh, when she drank it and you see it move through her forehead, I yep. thought they were going to go with like a purification type of deal where the mm-hmm. tequila would have ended up being like the one thing they could have used to like save themselves and they just never realized it. Uh, but on, on top of that, here's another problem I have. Is, okay, you got these plants going around and doing this shit. You still have right. tequila that you can make torches with. How come no one ever tries to set the plants on fire? <laughs> That's a good point. They, well, they steal the torch at the one they point. Yes, they did, but how come they never intentionally tried to set the shit on fire? Cause they, because cause there's a hell of a lot more plant than there is fuel for said fire. Not once you set the plant on fire, then it becomes the fuel for the fire. So you're thinking it's going to spread? I would well, have no, thought I'm saying, that... I'm saying, I like, mean, obviously it's something that you would try. Yeah, especially if it's attacking you. <laughs> well, you bring that point up, Monkey, but why didn't the Mayans have to do that then? Well, that's what I was thinking. The Mayans probably did. We would have never had to have seen them try it. They probably have. I would assume if they know to spread salt around the temple in order to keep right. it from growing, then they've tried mm. all methods to see if there was any way to, to kill it off or anything like that. Um, but as far as the four of them going up there and being stuck up there, yeah, I would have thought there should have been at least a scene where they tried to kill it or do something right. to, to stop it. You know, mm-hmm. but yeah. now, uh, they, they just ultimately no. resigned themselves to their fate of being trapped up there. I think they did, and I, I think that's a good point that you bring up, Google, is that they kind of resigned themselves. And like I said earlier, where Jeff says, we're Americans, you know, our parents could be looking for us. I'm like, realistically, probably yes. But they're not going to know that you went to this fucking weird fucking Mayan temple with this weird German guy to, you know, find his brother. They're not going to know where you are. So even if they started calling to Mexico, the police are going to be like, we don't know. <laughs> they're not the, you know, they're not at their hotel. You know? Yeah, so and don't forget the, the Greek. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the Greek. Yeah, the two Greeks that are drunk. Yeah, it's not like they went to the concierge at their resort and they're like, hey, just so you know, in case anyone's looking for us, we're going to be at this <laughs> lost temple on this map, okay? Yeah, we're going to be at the hidden temple. Uh, just forward all our calls, and we'll be fine. Like, you know, we're going to be good. <laughs> but it doesn't happen that way. Um, and this is the one thing I talked about with the monkey as well. I love the next day when Stacy wakes up with everybody sleeping, and she finds the knife uh-huh. and starts carving, like a fucking Thanksgiving turkey, carving just hunks out of her thigh. 
and carving her face up because she knows that this fucking shit's inside of her. And when they see I, the fucking hack job that she did, it was like, yeah, that's like Hellraiser fucking weird shit. I don't know. Yeah. Straight up nightbreed shit of just carving your face off. You know? <laughs> and the fact that she had that one hunk of skin, like, flayed from her thigh, and she wasn't even reacting. Like, she was just cutting. Like, she was just carving shit. Like, not mm-hmm. even reacting to the pain. Like, you could tell she was just beyond help at that point. Yeah, and, and she, but but while she was doing all that cutting, though, she's crying, going, I can't get it all out. I can't get it yeah. all out. Yep. You know? <laughs> yeah, I can't get it all out of me. So I'm going to have my boyfriend fight over that knife and just plant it right in his chest. Iceman, no! You're supposed to be in another <laughs> X-Men movie. <laughs> you know, poor fucking Eric. He got a hand job. He was feeling pretty good. You know, the, the fact that he had to die that way. I, I felt bad for Eric. He just wanted to help his girlfriend and, and ends up getting stabbed to death because of it. Um, you know, what did you guys think of Eric's demise? Because I, I felt bad for that character when he died. I was like, ah, Eric, you poor bastard. No, it's like, uh, Eric, he, he, was, he, he was the one that, like, yeah, and he was the one that was, like, t- totally dragged through all kinds of shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, he was just you trying to, to die that way. And then I felt that, um, and like I said, we talked about it last night, I felt that Jeff was right in his decision to kill Stacy. Like, she was beyond saving at that point. Like, yeah. there's just nothing he could do for her. Yes, he could probably patch her up. You know, and, and heal her physically, but mentally she was fucking gone. Like, the only way to save yeah. her at this point is to fucking kill her. And yeah, that was a mercy her. kill. That was a mercy yeah. kill. She was in pain. She was carved up. There was no fixing her at this point. You know, you're stuck up mm-hmm. there. You got nothing to fucking to, to keep infection from going. The chunk missing from her fucking leg alone was just this way too big. And then on top of it, she just killed her boyfriend, man. Um, I think, yeah, she definitely was too far gone. There was no saving her and that, uh, yeah, that it needed to be done. I don't think it was, you know, needed to be done on any kind of malicious, malicious standpoint. No, I think it just needed to be done because it was better to yeah. put her out. But I It was just the one found time the whole... I gave credit to the characters, you know, with mm-hmm. Amy saying, you know, what the fuck are you doing? Like, we can't kill her. Like, you know, it's our friend. And he's like, this is no choice. Like it's it we have to do this, you know. It's like the one and, point where I'm like, all right, I'm with these characters now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> even though we only have like ten minutes left. All right, I'm I'm with these characters. You know. No, and, and I. Decision. Oh yeah. No, and I found it funny that you know we have the whole scene of the the two minds sitting down chilling out of the bottom of the temple, and you hear the screaming <laughs> yeah. of blah 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 blah, and then it just stops. You know, the screaming yep. just stops. And they just look at each other and they're like, Sadai, Sadai. You know, they go <laughs> yeah, back to doing yeah. what they were doing. <laughs> yeah. And what's the plan now, Jeff? Well, I'm going to cover you in your fucking best friend's blood. And I'm going to carry <laughs> you down there. And we're going to fucking make our escape. So as soon as I get down there, I'm going to fucking be like, yo, what up, Amy? And you're going to fucking go running off into the jungle and save yourself. Don't know what's going to happen to me because I'm from Kansas. And I'm going to be a medical doctor one day. And you're Amy. <laughs> oh, by the way, are you barefoot too? So good luck in the jungle. Yeah. Well, you, you had a plan. Why didn't this plan involve shoes? <laughs> Don't you remember? She yeah. was wearing sandals. 
But she was yeah, also but barefoot at the end. Like she took she them off. Taken, she could have taken Stacy's shoes. That's yeah, what we're getting at, dude. Or Eric, which yeah, would have made you know, sense. Well, Eric this isn't di- dragged off this by isn't the die fucking hard. plants, so I, I ain't going into the fucking plants to get Eric's fucking shoes, man. Eric, don't fuck that. I want your shoes, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. It would have made more sense. and But I do like when Jeff, you know, I mean, it, it's a little cheesy. I don't know what you guys thought about that, but this whole monologue about he's from Kansas and he was going to be a medical doctor and he's an American you know, and these fucking minds don't give a fuck. They don't even know what you're saying anyway. Like, they don't understand you. They just want to kill you because you've been affected. And he has a spores all over his shirt. So, yeah, you're not making it out of here. And I liked his death because it was so great. The fact that he got shot with all those arrows in the fucking knee and the chest. And you have that final moment where the one mind pulls out his gun. You don't get to see it, but you hear the gunshot. So, you know, he's fucked. He's done. Straight up, straight up Robert Rodriguez shot close up <laughs> yeah. on the gun barrel. El Mariachi style. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It was great. So do you think that uh, Amy should have kind of escaped and just kind of made it out, you know, on that Jeep, you know, that uh, that uh, Heinrich had while the, the, the vines are still in her fucking head? Like, I, I don't know. I kind of well, hope that she had died, you're, too, you're, you're missing that thing is that we're not talking about the last shot where she does get away. She gets in the Jeep. She takes off. She gets away from everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last shot is you see that little bit of vine shoot up through her cheekbone up into her eye. And that's it. And then you, and then you cut. That's what you guys got to see. All I got to do is her drive away and escape. And then the follow-up scene is the uh, the two Greeks, the Greeks, friends, yeah. coming to the temple. So in the Orient yeah. version, you don't see the vine in her face or anything like what? that. Wow, they oh, fucked you, man. They fucked you in the Orient version. Wow. Well, I know that so there was uh, – this is all based on a book. Um, yes, it is. And the yep, ending of that story actually has her getting back to society, but then I guess it ends at her grave. And no. on her grave, coming out of the ground, are the flowers. Yep. Hold on. And yeah, no, that was the original about, ending. No, that, no that, you're talking about the alternate ending for the movie, not for the book. Oh, okay, that's the alternate ending for the movie. Sorry. Yeah, then, yeah that, that's what yeah. they were going to do, but then the director decided to pull it because he felt like that was too dark and that the audiences didn't like mm. it. And it's like, well, what fucking audiences mm. are you screening to? Because that's exactly <laughs> the kind of ending I want to mm. see. Yeah, I would have yeah, loved that cause, because, yeah, I was talking to the monkey about that, how that was the alternate ending for the movie where Amy, you know, gets back to the States or whatever, but she dies. And you have a caretaker of the cemetery walking through and just looking at all the graves. He comes across Amy's grave and it's got the flowers growing up over her headstone. And he reaches up to touch one of them and then it cuts to black. Like, yeah. All right. I would have liked that. I thought that would have been a great ending rather than what we got with two Greeks walking up the temple going, hey, guys, uh, we're here finally. Said, yeah. Uh, no, like, we're down there's not going to be a ruined too. Sorry, guys. Yeah. No, no, we're down the book and monkey. Ten minutes, gentlemen. No, I was just going to say, and the king did read the book, and do you want yeah. to actually talk about the original ending, the ending that was in the book? 
Because there is a difference between what happened in the movie and what happened in the book. <clears throat> there isn't. Uh, there is a different ending. Um, and I told the monkey about this is because it was very much uh, Creep Show Two in a lot of ways. If you had seen that movie and you watched the segment The Raft, where there is a sign posted saying "Don't enter," you know, no swimming, you know, endangered area. Apparently, the vines did put a sign up saying "Don't enter this area because it's it's dangerous." But the vines covered it up and dragged it away. In the end of the book, Stacy is the last one to survive. She goes down to the base of the temple, cuts her wrists, killing herself, and dies, kind of putting her body as a warning to anybody coming to this temple that don't fucking come into this area. You're going to get fucked up if you do. But the vines drag her body away. There's not going to be any warning. This body means nothing. The vines drag her off so that anybody coming to this area is not going to know if this is an area you want to fuck with. I like right. that ending, too. Like, you know, it's one of those weird Wouldn't things. Wouldn't it just wish make sense too. to put the sign up outside of the salt ring that the vines yeah, are yeah, yep. getting past? Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. There, there's so many things they could have done. You know, there's salt but, in the earth. And, and I told the monkey, too. It's funny because they also, Jeff also says that no birds or insects come into this area because they just know it's instinct not to come to this area. But if you watch that final shot of Jeff coming down from the temple, there's like two birds flying around. But they're on the other <laughs> yeah. side of the, they're on the other side of the salt. Uh, well, there you go. So that could be it. But okay. I just thought that was and, a mistake on the filmmaker's part. Like we're filming in the jungle, you don't know when the birds are going to come out. And lastly, the king brings up no plants, no, no, no birds, or anything like that. And I brought up to the king last night, well, what about wind? Because I was like, yeah. what is stopping the wind from carrying the pollen of these plants throughout the entire fucking jungle? Because for me, it's like you see the hymens on the plants, those big-ass pollen bursters that happen on those kinds of plants. That shit will be blowing everywhere. And in my opinion, that means like that whole fucking region would be nothing but these fucking killer cannabis all over the place. Do you There's feel no the breath on your face? The and, close yeah. And that's also what we talked about with the spores being on their clothes. Like you see it in the movie, they don't bring it up, but you get to see the weird kind of Jody Barrel fucking spores on their clothes. Yeah, and they don't really bring it up in dialogue. They're just, you know, it's not there. But yeah, what's stopping the spores from reaching into other places? You know, because um, we had talked about um, how they had reached the bottom of the temple at one point, and we had glossed over it, how Amy threw the vines at the one little boy, and then the vines <laughs> just fucking killed him. <laughs> yeah. You know, without even thinking, and I love that, you know, it's because they're trying to contain this. But, yeah, it's a kind of an interesting thing, whether you like it or you don't. It's one of those things where you think about, you know, these Mayans, this temple's still <clears> there. They're the, the, sent, the, the sentinels of this uh, temple of not letting people in. You know, how many people are mm-hmm. going to come across this thing? You know, and how many people are going to be sacrificed? So, I mean, to me, that kind of salvages the movie in a way, because, like, how many more people are going to fall victim to this temple? Yep. You know, and it, it, it's kind of a dark way to kind of end things. But overall, like the Gula said at the top, it's a passable movie. It's not a movie that, you know, I often revisit, but it's an interesting theory to think about you know, of this temple still being there and how much power it has. And these minds are obviously terrified. And it will be there for all time. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so... I own, uh, I own it, yeah. so... 
I'm sure I'll watch it <laughs> yeah. at some point or another. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't own this one. Um, it was a movie that I rented from a movie, the, uh, a movie store, Hollywood Video. I don't know if you guys remember that, Hollywood Video back oh, in the yeah. day. <laughs> yep. It was a rental. You know, I returned the next day. I didn't even keep it for the whole weekend. <laughs> I was like, well, I got a three-day rental. <laughs> now I'm going to drop it off in the Dropbox the next day. <laughs> I don't need to see the extras. I'm good. It was fun. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, that was The Ruins from 2008. Uh, next week, the demonic Dr. Dave himself uh, is planning on making a return. It is going to be his film pick. I don't know what it is yet, so I can't even comment on that. I'm going to reach out to him. We're going to find out what it is. And then next week on Monday, as I always post what's going to be our pick for Wednesdays, I'll post it there. So I will say that. Uh, but, Monkey, as we close out the episode, why don't you give your goodbyes? Alrighty, kids. I'd like to say thank you to my fellow horror hosts for another maybe not so fright-filled, but I definitely think we made this a fun-filled episode of Talking Terror. Love and it. Thank you. I let, <laughs> and I'd like to thank you, all of our horror family, for listening and let us, letting us come in your ear. Good night, everybody. <clears throat> all right, excellent. So, Ghoul, why don't you hit us with a plug, as you so awesomely do? Hey, listen, man. If you watch the unrated cut, and you like that reach-around scene, and you want to feel nothing more than your partner, come from behind and touch your shaft. And you need to buy Bonfire Beat Designs and buy them some jewelry. You're talking rings, necklaces, bracelets, all all kinds of handcrafted items that are just beautiful. Your partner will love them, and believe me, they will go down on you in some way, shape, or form. Whether it's like, anal like you oral, want a or just a handy. Just like the king wants uh, wants the, the Jeff character. He wants that hard body up against him. Jonathan well, Tucker. that's what you'll get. If, if, if you anyway. go to Bonfire Beat Designs, <laughs> you will get that. I promise you. That's my guarantee. <laughs> Bonfire Bead Designs. To... Go right on Etsy. It's all one word. Bonfire Bead Designs. Yep. So awesome, awesome for that plug. And yes, I will wash my clothes off of Jeff's abs any day of the week. Happy to do it. <laughs> Love it that With much. his tongue. <laughs> yep. With my tongue. I'm all equal. It doesn't matter who you are, what you are. Let's just do it. Let's get freaky. Let's get, you know, strange. I like it. King is um, gay for but... Jeff. I am. Hey, listen, if you got a hard six-pack, I'll look at it. I don't care. I'll take some pictures. You know, it doesn't have to be anything strange. <laughs> but just, hey, just, just, make, just make sure you're back in bed by 8 because that's when he goes to sleep. <laughs> yeah, because in Mexico, if you're just out there, you're pretty mad. You have to be. <clears throat> but, yeah, so closing out, uh, Ghoul, I wanted to say on air, congratulations on, you know, just being you and being, you know, the king of, I know I'm the king of horror, but you're the king of sobriety. So thank you so much for that fucking battle that you're doing. It's amazing, and you're an inspiration, man. If anybody needs an inspiration, look to the ghoul to do what he's been doing all these years and fucking killing it every fucking day. You know, if you want to get sober, he's a great example. And I'm so proud of you, brother. Like, I, I cannot believe that you, you've gone this long. I'm proud of you. Thank you, man. Thank you very much. It's been uh, three years, and uh, yeah, looking forward to again another day, 
another day tomorrow and a day after that. So one day at a time, man. That's it. And and I couldn't have said it better myself. Like I said, I'm so proud of you. And, and I'm looking forward to the next bunch of episodes that we do. And I love my crazy family. So thank you, Monkey. Thank you, Gold, for joining us. Like we had said, Doc's pick is next week. We'll announce it on Monday. I have no idea where he's taking us, and I hope it's not Canada because, you know, he likes to fucking take us to Canada. So (laughs) (laughs) we'll see where he takes us. But until then, enjoy the rest of your week. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Keep America strong. Watch horror movies, people. We love you. Cool. Take us out. Stay, Stay scared, everybody. Stay scared.